podcast is part of the Podcast Your Scene Network. Visit us at www.podcastyourscene.com. Hey, it's Bill, and you're tuned in to episode number 63 of Three Questions in a Song. We are here with Caleb, also known, known as Legion, from MZNZ. Um, so this, this is the podcast where the title says it all, except for when it doesn't, which is pretty much every show. Yeah, from what I've seen. That's the fun part, though. Well, you know, three questions was, you know, my the, the idea in the beginning was this was supposed to be my short one out of everything I do. Much like you, I, I can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I understand. Talking. Turns into three questions and six answers and a limerick and a <laughs> <laughs> yeah halftime show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. That's no, all good, man. I'm happy to be here. So I, I'm already gonna I, like. I have my three questions, my three official questions over here on my left. Yes, sir. But, but I already have a question that I'm going to ask that has nothing to do with those three. That's awesome. We're off to a fantastic start. That's right. All right, so so my question is that um, I, I met you because we're both involved with First Angel Media, but the difference is I'm in the Pittsburgh area and you're in the Austin, Texas area. How did you come about finding First Angel Media? I believe with my shoddy memory that it was, I'm pretty sure it was Joe um, who was – I don't really know how he found us. I don't know if he was like a fan of MZNZ's page or if he was just a member of our group or Metal Machines and Madness group. But he started posting First Angel Media reviews in my groups, in my MZNZ group and my my solo page group. And I really enjoyed his reviews and uh, enjoyed the music that he was reviewing. So I, I wrote him about one because we were working on an album at the time called Version, which was our last record came out last year. And I was about two-thirds of the way done with it, and I hit him up about a review, and he said yes, and got to know the album real well, got to know me real well through getting to know that album. And uh, we, you know, we've both been through some similar things. I mean, not, well, not really similar things, but, like, I guess the story I was telling on that album uh, registered with a story that he went through, even though they're two totally different stories. Uh, and we kind of just, you know, you become friends with people like that when you, like, you know, connect on something like, wow. Yeah, man, I've, yeah, I've been through the runs too. Um, anyway, so we just became friends. And then, so first angel media became my go-to for, you know, I got to know John a little bit and, and, um, Anthony and a couple other people little by little, just reading stuff, sharing stuff. And I just started sharing everything because I just really liked what first angel media was doing, you know? And I got to know Brutal Business and BTMX. And I, I don't, I was kind of like in a funk and in a rut the first few years of the 2010s because I just wasn't finding music that was exciting me, you know, in any genre. And I'm a pretty open-minded guy. I listen to all kinds of music. Hey, it's Pat. What's up, Pat? Um, But uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Like just going down the rabbit hole of those three intertwined little businesses. I was like, I mean, this is like what I've been looking for. So I just started sharing everything. And um, then uh, next thing I knew, they were asking me to write for them. <laughs> and I enthusiastically said yes because I really I don't know I just I think that the industry needs more things like that it's such an innovative platform because it's kind of like it's kind of like a media website but it's not just that it's kind of like a management company but it's not just that it's kind of like a an, an artist uh, it's almost like an artist collective but it's not just that 
in some ways it operates almost like a record label, but it isn't really that at all. It's, it's <laughs> totally, I've never seen anything like it, you know, and BTMX obviously has some similarities. Brutal business has some similarities, you know, and I've always been real interested in that kind of multimedia approach, just having your hands in all of the pies, you know, um, a few years ago, MZNZ was connected to a multimedia production company called Snout Productions that when Dusty died, the guy that started the band with me, you know, um, I didn't start it with him. He started it and included me. That really is the right way to say it. And then I inherited it. Um, I couldn't really do both by myself. So I put the production company to bed. But that was always like our I mean, it's still really in a lot of ways. It is our approach to how we release content, you know, like from our album art to our music videos. It's all world building. You know, and it, so there's a multimedia aspect to everything we do. And that's what attracted me to First Angel Media is that there's a multimedia aspect to everything we do there as well. And and I'm allowed to, like, come up with ideas, you know, like I hit Jonna up like, hey, what about a Spotify playlist of like First Angel artists? She was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, what I mean, like and it's everybody's in it to, you know, build everybody up. I, I don't know. So I just I'm really pleased and and feel fortunate to be a part of it particularly that i don't live in the pittsburgh area you know it's kind of kismet <laughs> well the the thing with first angel is um like she f- finds a niche for you and then says what else can you do yeah <laughs> or yeah. or in my case she sends you a camera and says here start doing this <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how i got the jazz article was she was like i want you to interview this guy this is gonna be a longer one you know what i mean he's not in your like genre at all but i love but i love jazz man that was one of the coolest conversations i've ever had you know um so it's it's connected me to a lot of really cool people you know yeah, jazz from half will homicide black silk yeah Nine, yeah um, rattle clack entertainment and yeah See him other too. things he does everything <laughs> exactly he's like these are my people you know people that just like guy just want to do I want to build a house now? I don't know how, but I'm gonna figure it out. You know, like those kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> so. Hey, Charlie. <laughs> Hello, Charlie. So yeah, I don't know. That was just kind of a you know, it was an interesting little twist of several events lining up together. But here we are. So it should also be mentioned that you have collaborated with Patrick from from Seethe or Brutal Under- Brutal Business Entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, Pat is uh, one of my uh, one of my favorite metal vocalists I've discovered probably in the past year or so. Like I discover like one to two artists a year that like kind of make me go, whoa, this makes me reconsider like how I do what I do, you know. And Pat is one of those artists. And it's cool that I also get to call him a friend and a collaborator now. Um, but I, I from Seethe to nine stitch method to uh south of clarity um he has that aspect that all the vocalists that inspired me growing up have where it's like you when you hear pat you know it's pat you know you cannot mistake you know seed you can't mistake that voice for any other voice you know it is 100 percent patrick McElroy. you know um, which is why i wanted him on a track because i want and why i put him in the middle of it because Oh, are you still in? Gosh, Pat, I didn't see you there. <laughs> um, he's also a little bit of a punk, just to keep him, just to keep him humble. No, I'm just kidding, Pat. I love you, dude. No, um, but what? Why I dropped him in the middle of the track is because I kind of wanted that whoa moment where it's like you know, I mean, 
I I love features. I love collaborations. You know, I mean, that's something I take from being a huge hip hop fan from even before I was into metal. I love when people pop up on. I love jazz for the same reason. Like I love when people just pop up and just like, hey, we're in the same vicinity. Let's do something. We're not in the same vicinity. Let's do. You know, it's twenty twenty one. You don't have to be in the same vicinity now. But that whole idea of just like. Let's all be on each other's stuff, which Brutal Business does a lot of anyway. You know what I mean? Everybody's on everybody's. Like, one of my favorite things that come out of that company is what the song Pat did with Mad Clock. You know, I'm addicted to that song. You know, I love all these little, like, one-off collabs. So I, I really wanted to get my hands on that. But I wanted to have that moment in the middle of the song where you're like, oh, that's Seed. You know what I mean? This ain't just MZNZ anymore. That's Pat, you know? Um so yeah, it's uh, it's cool, man. I know it's connected me to cool artists and cool people, and and there's more there's more collabs that I mean there's other I can't really say with who yet, but I'm I'm talking to like multiple people right now. Um, so that that actually nothing. leads so. very well into the the first official question that I have. All right, cool. Which is, um, I see that you release music both as as MZNZ and as Caleb. Um, yeah. How do you decide? where the music falls so there's a little bit of history behind that question um to go back to what i was saying earlier is um i did not start mznz it was not my idea um this band was started by i can now i co-founded it yes like i was there from the ground up and i had a lot of creative influence into what it ultimately has become and was even then you know um, that's, that's the only reason I'm qualified to still do it <laughs> is because I did have a hand in the aesthetic, but the original idea and concept was never mine. Um, it was my best friend, Dustin Johnson's who died in 2015 and thus MZNZ did for a little while too, you know, for about three or four years, the band didn't exist because I didn't think it could exist without him. You know, uh, my bass player, Bill twisted my arm, um, and after a while, I started writing music that I thought was within that wheelhouse, you know. Uh, and so the band kind of came back. So even though um, what's kind of happened, and maybe it's not so – it wasn't intentional, and it's, it's maybe it's not so accurate, is I, I've become publicly – I've become the face of MZNZ since Dustin died. And a lot of that is because my bass player, my guitar player have their own things going on and just don't really want to be part of this part of things. But that being said, MZNZ is not just me. Uh, it, I am, I'm not MZNZ. I'm one-third of it. Um, I write all the music, yes. But being in a band, any musician can tell you so much more than writing the music. You know what I mean? I mean, um, my bass player, Bill, is like basically our merchandise captain. Uh, he handcrafts and engineers every single bit of our merchandise himself through processes that he designs himself, things that I could never in a million years do. And he puts his own pocket into it and his own back into it. And he makes amazing stuff. We're actually going to have a merch sale on the 14th of this month. And there's, he's got stuff that's just going to blow everybody's mind. Um, our guitar player, Chris, um, is also uh, – he's a synth player. Um, he has a band called Skeletal Shroud that I also sing for. Um, and we're doing an EP with that project as well. And he, uh, we basically barter. He plays guitar in my band. He replaced Dusty as guitar player when Dusty died. And I sing for his band because he needed a singer. So we, we trade. But he also, like, he's a gardener. And, and one of the things that's going to be on our merch table on the 14th, it's a virtual merch. It's going to be on Facebook. But um, one of the things going to be on our merch table is a, a homemade uh, tea brew that he's creating called Black H Brew. 
It's going to be exclusive to MZNZ. It's an MZNZ-sponsored tea brand. I can never do that. Only he can do that. You know what I mean? Um, they prefer that I write all the music at this point. When Dusty was alive, it was about 50-50, the two of us. Our first two records, Fallen H Volume 1 and Fallen H Volume 2, those are 50-50, me and Dusty. I'm about half of both of those. Um, when he died, I took over as the writer because he and I had been doing it for so long. Bill was kind of a newer member. He's written some music that became songs for the band, but at this point, they're more comfortable with me kind of dictating the musical direction. And then they kind of gravitate towards the world. They put their own stamp on it in, in the merchandise or in the stage show, or even just helping pay for things. You know what I mean? So, um, and also MZNZ as experimental as it is at the end of the day, it's a pretty, it's got a pretty identifiable sound. My solo stuff does not. It's all over the place. It could be a hip hop track, a jazz track, a rock ballad, a, an instrumental string quartet thing. It could be like some long avant-garde piece. It could be a pop single. It could be anything completely based on my mood, which is why I do it under my own name. Cause Caleb Strauss could be anything. You know what I mean? Like my last record under Caleb Strauss was called entries and it's a collaboration record. It's just me working with different artists. Every track is just with a different artist. You know, there's like two or three artists did two tracks with me, but it's basically uh, me reacting to someone else's musical language, you know, like some tracks I would do the skeleton and I'd send it to maybe like uh, first track's got guitar player named Eddie LaFlash from a industrial band called decent news plays guitar on the first track, get cozy. It's not a metal song at all though. It's basically an R and B song, but it's got this huge thrashy moment right in the middle that I wanted like a really sharp groovy guitar line for. And I love decent news music. So I reached out to Eddie. Hey, would you come up with a riff for this? So that was one process. Next track um, was an instrumental that was completely composed. I didn't have anything to do with it from a composer called Local who sent me the track and then I put vocals on it. I reacted vocally to what he did musically. Um, there's another track uh, that I actually wrote for Dusty, my guitar player who died, called On the Wings of Bees. St uh, his stage name was Bees that I did with a band called Revolution where I created a demo of the song sent it to them and they basically gutted everything except for my vocals and put their and they performed the song under me so not every song was the same process not every song was with the same people so what i got was a basically what's kind of like what i would consider a pop record but every song's got kind of a different language to it but what makes it a pop record is it's real hooky you know and my solo stuff tends to be very very hooky very popish even if it gets a little heavier a little edgier it's very catchy they tend to attract different audiences really i feel like the answer to that question is going to feed really well into doug's question at the end yeah 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 exactly yeah and i got to kind of say part of what i had in mind for that question just now so yeah definitely yeah right. so official question number two okay if MZNZ could open for any band in the history history of the world, who would you open for? Where would you want to perform? And why that band? Nine Inch Nails, which may even sound cliche for my genre. I really don't care. Uh, that's the honest answer. Because if it were not for the downward spiral, I would have never picked up a keyboard. And I would not be sitting here talking to you right now. And it's all Trent Reznor's fault. So uh, Nine Inch Nails, I don't care where, anytime, anywhere, <laughs> any place. Um, 
I think it, it but not just like from like a fanboy perspective either, though. I think it would be a good match. We don't really sound a lot like Nine Inch Nails, to be honest. We're a, we're a bit heavier than they are. Um, there's an influence, I guess. It's sort of undeniable. A lot of textures and stuff that, that maybe they do. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it would be an interesting pair. It's like aesthetically they match, but they're different. So yeah. As far as where I don't care. <laughs> Anywhere. All right. So we are going to be playing one of your tracks today. Um, cool. Narcissistic Cyborg. Yeah. Um, with the album art here behind me over my shoulder with the laser eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's part of a two album drip release that you have going on. So can you tell us a little bit about the, the way you're doing the release and then tell us a story about the song itself? Definitely. Um, so, yeah, we are drip releasing two records right now. One is the album Krim, which Narcissistic Cyborg is the first track of. And then my track with Seethe, uh, My Kindness, is track two. So those two, the first two tracks of Krim are already out. And you're about to hear the first one. Um and that is a very heavy, very metal-influenced record. It's really not a pure metal record, but it's the most metal-influenced thing we've done. There's always been kind of an element of metal to uh, to us, but um, for whatever reason, the music that I started writing for this world, this this world of Krim, um, just came out very, like, it's just a lot of double kick and a lot of, like, really heavy guitars, but it's also really groovy and really catchy, you know? a lot of hooks on it too there's a lot of melody but it's just it's very like molten sounding you know um so it's very metal sounding it just seemed appropriate the second record we're working on and the first single of that comes out actually in three days on august 6th uh the single's called broken machine blues and that is track one off of the record Beelze bourbon and Beelze bourbon is kind of like a if it were a world, you know, if Krim's a world, Krim's like a planet made of lava. If Bourbon is a world, it's a dark jazz lounge on the third rung of hell. <laughs> but it's not an unpleasant place necessarily, you know? It's like, I, I think what... I, make- think that, I think that might be the first Dante reference that's yeah, ever made on Yeah, it is, it, it is a little <laughs> bit of a Dante nod. But it's not necess- It's not fire and torture and all this, you know what I mean? It's like you're sitting in a bar, it's low lighting... You're sipping a, you know, a scotch. You're listening to some like really low indie, like Angelo Badalamenti jazz, like some David Lynch soundtrack stuff. And it's like you're kind of at peace, but you're kind of sad, too, because you're just thinking about things. That's the vibe of Bourbon. And so the first track that's coming out on Bourbon, Broken Machine Blues, it comes out on August 6th on all streaming platforms everywhere. There's also going to be a music video that stars myself and my son, Liam. It's going to be really cool. Uh, it is basically a it's a non um, traditional remix of our single Symphony of the Broken Machine. Now, Symphony of the Broken Machine is a really heavy death metal-y like techno gabber drum, but like death metal guitar screaming, really brutal song. We either close or open our sets with it every time. Really heavy song, right? Real Slipknot influence. It's just really fast paced and just 
brutal, but it's got this big anthemic melodic chorus. So what I did is I basically rearranged the same song, rewrote a few lyrics ever so slightly and transformed the song into something off the soundtrack of Twin Peaks. <laughs> and the whole album's going to sound like that. There's not going to be a single bit of distortion on it. I'm never going to raise my voice. Not a single note of it is going to be loud. Is basically the sonic opposite of Krim. So we're doing about a track a month zigzagging between the two. You know, I'm a little off schedule because I did two tracks of Krim and now I have one of Beals of Bourbon. So, um, but from here on out, we're going to zigzag between the two month to month. You're going to get Krim one month, Beals of Bourbon next month, Krim one month, Beals of Bourbon next month until both albums are completely out. Both albums will be 10 tracks long. So at the end of the, process there will be two full-length records out but every track every song on Beelze Bourbon is a remake of a song we've done but in that style so those are the two projects so Narcissistic Cyborg um, was actually originally not supposed to be a song I um, I can't remember why at the time but I did I, I didn't have time or I was I was sick or something I I couldn't record music for whatever reason and I had the creative itchies you know, I just had to make something. And I'd been thinking a lot like post pandemic about like my social media use and the social media use of humankind at large and um, and how we all kind of gravitated towards it, I think, because we were boxed up and we were lonely, you know. But what happened is, is we got into Facebook or to Snapchat or to Twitter or whatever, and we just started tearing each other apart. You know, and nobody was listening, but everybody was yelling and everybody didn't they, they didn't really want to solve anything. They just wanted to be right. They just wanted to win, you know, myself included. I, I'm not innocent of this. I think this was a very widespread human be behavior, but it got me thinking about um, social media in the context of our civilization and this stage of it in general and 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 how it helps and hinders us. And I noticed that. We as humans have this habit of, and we've been doing it since we discovered electricity, since we started industrializing our, our civilization, we've been doing this. We find a need. We feel the need to maximum efficiency. Then we start abusing how we filled the need. Then we blame the thing we made in order to fill the need. And we take absolutely no responsibility for ourselves. Point of that is the internet has no consciousness. Facebook has no consciousness. Twitter has no consciousness. It is all in how people choose, boy, you remember that word, to use it. You know what I mean? Like, we give all our power to this thing, not by being on it all the time. I mean, yes, that's a problem. That's a big thing is since I started thinking about this is I've way curved my personal use. If I'm on Facebook, it is for band business. I allow myself three personal posts a day at most. And if I hit three and if I go over three, I don't post anything the next day personal. I keep it all business or all first angel media or all whatever. You know what I mean? Um, because that's an amazing thing you can use it for. Like a guy like me doing this kind of music 20 years ago wouldn't have had a chance. But because of social media, I do. So like people who say like, well, we should just shut it all down. But you can pry it out of my cold, dead hand. Why don't you learn how to use it better? You know, why don't you be an adult and take some responsibility? Why don't we all do that? So that led to the concept of the narcissistic cyborg. We all become that. We all become the narcissistic cyborg. Every time 
we think that the most important part of our day is logging onto Facebook and going to a comment section and just screaming about somebody about something that we are just so insanely certain we are right about. Maybe we are, maybe we aren't. Point of the matter is very few of us have the guts to have that same conversation face to face. We want to have it online so we don't get our noses broken when we cross the line, which we will inevitably do because that boundary is not there. So it turns us all into the narcissistic cyborg. So that got this image in my head. So I wanted to create just I was like, I'm just going to do a Photoshop thing. I want to create a cyborg taking a selfie of himself in the mirror, really pleased with himself, you know, like thinking he's looking good. But then you see in the shadow, half of him is just this horrific abomination, you know. So I took a picture of myself and started tweaking with it in Photoshop, added the cyborg bits. And I was like, that looks really cool. That is. But that's an that's a cover of something. I don't know if it's an album. I don't know if I could base an entire album around it, but it's at least a single. And then I started writing the song. <laughs> but so the song was almost like scoring the picture, you know, because the picture came first, just like the whole album did. I had the album cover for Krim before I wrote a single note. Now that I have the album, same with Beelzebub. And now that I have the image, I have a world and then I score the world like a film composer. That's always been my process. And in fact, Dusty did the same thing. He would always design the album. He was the graphic designer when he was alive. He would always design their visuals before we wrote a single note of music because it gave us a direction to go into. So and now we have a song. It wasn't supposed to be a song. It was just supposed to be a me playing around. <laughs> All right. So now now I have a, another question to ask you. And then, okay. and then and then we'll play the song. Okay, I don't cool. normally do that, but it fits right in. Okay, cool. All right. So let, let's imagine that the there was an apocalyptic event that happened. And um, only a handful of people survive. And one song from every band survives. And those songs um, are used to help repopulate the earth. Wow. Which one of your songs should survive and, and take that that tour of duty Oof. <laughs> okay it's actually not going to be an mznz song i think it's going to have to be the song that i spoke about that i did with revolution on the wings of beast that i wrote for dusty it's going to have to be that song i i there are fewer songs i've done that i'm more proud of and and a lot of it is a lot of it was the fact that I wasn't going to release that song originally. I just wrote it to just kind of get it out. And it was actually meeting Brian from who heads up revolution that kind of yanked that song back out of my archives. You know what I mean? Um, and part of it is just what they do. I'm a huge fan of that band. I'm a huge fan of what they do. Um, and they, I wanted the revolution treatment on that song and they gave it. And, and it's like, it's the perfect marriage of our two styles. And it's probably the most personal thing I've ever written. So it's probably going to have to be that song. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a moment. We're going to listen to Narcissistic Cyborg. And then cool. we'll be right back with Caleb.
Okay, that was MZNZ and the track Nar- Narcissistic Cyborg. I'm surprised that's the first time I messed that one up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a bit of a mouthful. Um, and uh, what we're going to do now is Doug Carnahan, um, who has a solo album coming out next month and is the lead singer of the band After the Fall, um, asked Caleb a question, and we're going to let him go ahead and ask that. And his question is, well... <clears throat> I don't know his past. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, if he's done anything musically, you know, other than that. But what I wanted to say or ask, I should say, and I, I have actually wanted to ask this to a few people who do that kind of music, you know, that harder kind of, uh, I say death metal. But, you know, his music is definitely harder, you know, the kind of kind of music. And I've always wanted to know, it's a good, good, good opportunity to ask him what he does it. What made him choose that direction with his music? You know, why, why that, that hard. And again, it's not to say there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not judging it. I'm not saying anything negative about it. You know, I just, most people I know, there's, uh, they either like, that's what they were brought up on or, you know, but when they start to play in a band though, you know, or play music, you know, in a, in a bigger capacity, trying to reach people, you know, you really have to love what you do to stick with it. So I just wonder how I got started on that and what made him, you know, like stick with it over the years instead of, you know, picking a, a different direction. So, um, yeah, that's, this is like multiple parts to my answer. So I'll keep it as, you know, concise as I can, but I'll also explain it as thoroughly as I can. Um, so since I didn't start MZNZ necessarily, I mean, I was a co-founder, but um, I didn't really decide the heavy direction, actually. Uh, Dusty did. Uh, be- he got into heavier music before I did, and then he sort of drug me into it. And the more that he played it around me, and the more I realized, I guess, that I, like him, had a lot of things that I was angry about, Um the more it sort of seeped into my skin, I was like, okay, now I'm really starting to like this. (laughs) That being said, um, you know, that's not the only kind of music I make. Um, My catalog from even within MZNZ, uh, not even just my solo stuff, but even, I mean, there's like, you know, there's a song on our second record. That's like a complete lounge song. There's not no metal at all in it. Um, There's, there's one song on, on our second record. That's just a string arrangement. Um, there's a song that's like big tribal drums and acoustic guitars. Um, so we go all over the place. I mean, I guess I think the reason why, I mean, it's a good, I'm not knocking this question. I think it's a good question. It's a question that I, that I've actually been asked before. And I've always felt like I, I couldn't answer it adequately because I always wanted to turn around and be like, well, I don't know. Why do you listen to whatever you listen to? You know, can we can you really say, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we know, do any of us know why we like what we like? I mean, why does why do I like my steak medium rare and, you know, want to like grow hair and pull it out when I see people eating it? Well done. Yeah, you know, I just because it's me, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I like to me, like now I, I will say this. This is I think this is the best way. I, I, can. I, I think the answer to your steak question is you live in Texas. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably accurate. <laughs> I I don't have a lot in common with Texans, but that is one thing, man. My meeting my meat eating habits are very Texan. Um, but yeah, I so I do come from um the school of I guess it depends on why you do music. Here's why I do music. I make music to sort through um my stuff 
and to hopefully come out of the end of the tunnel a better human being. Um, and so my purpose for doing that, obviously, is not, you know, I, yes, I want to help other people, but ultimately, I'm, it's kind of selfish. I'm, I'm doing it to feel better about myself. <laughs> I think most of, I think most musicians, that's the case to some extent. Um, and so my methodology within that intention has always been to just be as honest as I can possibly be, you know, in whatever it is I'm creating. I, I, and I don't come from just music and you know, I've worked in independent film. I've worked in theater as a director and as an actor. And I, I approach an album or a song a lot like I approach directing a play or a movie, which is what is the world of this piece of art and what are the rules of that world and what makes sense within that world? And, and what is the emotional content? Because ultimately what I find my fans respond to is, is what is the emotional content of the song? I don't ever hear like, dang, I love that break. Well, maybe I've heard that. I've heard things like that here and there. Like I love that breakdown or whatever, but, but, or I love the drums here, but most of it, what, what, what my, my hardcore fans react to is like, this song helped me. You know, like this song told a story that I gravitated towards. And so I consider what is the emotional content of the song and then thinking like a director or a painter with a paintbrush. OK, what color, what texture best illustrates that emotional content? And nothing says I'm unhappy like double kick, man. You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's like I don't know that I consider myself a metal artist necessarily, but I do use a lot of metal as a as a paintbrush i also use a lot of jazz a lot of hip-hop a lot of avant-garde a lot of uh, uh synth a lot of um, even some new age you know um but it's all paintbrushes to me genres are paintbrushes to me and and it, and i i choose whatever paintbrush illustrates that emotional statement the best so yeah it's like if you've heard narcissistic cyborg or you've heard symphony of the broken machine or you've heard my kindness and that's all you've heard yeah, you're going to think we're a metal band. You know what I mean? But then you listen to an album all the way through, and then you're going to think there's something wrong with us. <laughs> 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 and there is. Uh, because it go, we go everywhere. I mean, my bass player, we have a lot of songs where my bass player plays an electric upright, you know, with a bow. You know, like metal bands don't do that. <laughs> Not that I know of anyway. <laughs> um, so that I guess like, you know, I mean, even in my solo stuff, which is far less metal, metal pops up because that is a part of my roots you know like i mean heavy and when i say metal i'm being very broad i mean heavier music like i mean i'm i'm a little more punk and industrial than i am like metal you know i mean like i'm from texas so obviously pantera is like way up there on my list of influences you know but like that's probably the most metal band i listen to you know like and like just pure meat and potatoes metal i think they're the kings of it you know but beyond that, I find that a lot of the heavier artists I listen to, if there's not some, first of all, if there's no melody, I'm very rarely interested. I like melody. I sing melodically. If you just heard Narcissistic Cyborg, I mean, it's it's basically a pop song with double kick because that hook is a pop hook, you know? And I find that I can't really get away from that because that's the first kind of music I listened to was pop, you know? So that's still in there, you know? Then when I was a teenager, I started gravitating more towards hip hop and R&B. And that's definitely there, especially with the way I do a lot of my melodic vocals. That's way in there, you know. Um, you have to dig for it a little bit. But, of course, what stands out to people, especially if they don't listen to heavier music, is the metal elements, you know. I think that, like, for whatever reason, metal and rap have this in common. 
once you go anywhere near that direction, you're expected to stay there. You know, that's not necessarily true for other genres. You know, like I, I like, I mean, country fans say what you will are a lot more open minded in general than metal fans are, <laughs> you know, in my experience, you know, um, now hip hop. That, especially in recent years, especially in the underground, has just exploded in all kinds of cool, crazy, creative directions. More than metal, if I'm being honest, in a lot of ways. Um, more more artists, anyway. Um, so it's like, it feels like hip-hop even can be a lot of different things, you know? Um, but for whatever reason, it's like... And it, in movies, the equivalent is horror. Once you touch the horror genre... You're expected to stay there. And if you don't start in horror, you're never expected to go there. You know, it's like when Jordan Peele went from like Key and Peele to directing like horror films, everybody went, well, you know what I mean? If he had gone from Key and Peele to directing uh, period dramas, it w- there wouldn't have been a bit as big a reaction, honestly, if he'd made one switch to the other. But because like horror is an extreme genre and metal is an extreme genre, you know, those are the things that poke out if you play with them at all, you know. So I guess uh, the best way I can answer that question is to say sometimes a really loud guitar just gets my point across like nothing else does. But sometimes a saxophone does. So it just depends on what side of the bed I wake up on that day. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the way I like to listen to music, too. You know, I enjoy my musician. My musical heroes are guys like Mike Patton and David Bowie and guys that just go all over the place. You know, that's what I'm into. So. Uh, so we're now at that point of of the interview where we do the exit interview. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, Caleb, I gave you a homework assignment to check out Demo Demon, who you're yeah. familiar with. Yeah. Um, and to come up with a question for him. What did you come up with? So Demo Demon, if you could battle rap anybody, who would it be? And it doesn't have to necessarily be from like a grudge perspective you know it could just it could be somebody you really admire but would just have fun trading verses with who would it be and why i love that question <laughs> <laughs> i just you know he's so like the thing i love about him is he's so unassuming looking you know he he, he looks like just such a nice kid and then he opens his mouth and starts spitting you'd never know that that much ferocity <laughs> would come out of that guy you know? <laughs> so it's just i would just i'd love to see him battle rap anybody <laughs> and then do the mic drop even some of his freestyles that he's done on his page i was like what where where can people pick up um copy of of your music and where can they find you online well, the best place to go is www.mznz.com. E-M-Z-Y-E-N-Z-Y. Um, our preferred, and I'm, I'm always really honest about this, our preferred method of purchase right now until we can afford to do physicals, until we have enough of a demand for that, is Bandcamp. And if you go to our website, up in the right-hand corner is a Bandcamp icon. You can click on it, and there's a lot of different ways you can support us through Bandcamp. First of all, you can pay us $5 a month and subscribe to our Bandcamp page and you get everything as it's released and you get crazy discounts on merchandise. All of our merchandise is sold through our Bandcamp page as well. We don't do Shopify or anything like that. We sell our merchandise straight through Bandcamp uh, because Bandcamp (laughs) offers the best deal for artists. That's why we ask 
people to support us in that way because we keep more of the royalties. We get to spend more on our craft, on our art. We get to do more for you. There is more MZNZ if you buy through Bandcamp. Um, obviously, we would love for you to follow us on Spotify. You know, um, We would love for you to follow us on YouTube, but I cannot emphasize Bandcamp enough. If you really, really want to see us do what we could possibly do, man – hit us up on Bandcamp, buy our records, buy our merch, or just subscribe and, you know, get it all. If you subscribe, you get our entire discography immediately. And also, uh, as we release new songs, like when the new single comes out on the 6th, if you subscribe to us on Bandcamp, boom, you got the new single immediately, right? It's it, it Instead of subs- like following us on Spotify and we get a few cents for what, for your business, if you subscribe to us for $5 a month on Bandcamp, we get to five dollars a month, you know. So that's always what I push the most um, is is our Bandcamp page. But obviously, yes, yes, hit us up on Spotify, on YouTube. MZNZ.com has links to all this stuff. Um, explore. There's a link about my solo stuff. Link to all of our social medias and all that stuff. So that's kind of that's headquarters, man. That's the place to go. Um, and and finally, what's coming up? for you as an artist man i am working on a lot right now uh which is what the just the nature of this business i guess um so i do have um the uh broken machine blues single coming out on august 6th that's the next big release and there's going to be a music video for that i can't promise the music video is going to be done by the sixth because of how picky i am as a director but (laughs) um but uh, I, I'm really excited about the direction it's going. It's, it's, if you only know us for narcissistic cyborg and songs of that ilk, this single and this video are really going to tilt your head, like all the way around. Like we're going <laughs> to, you, you be, I mean, you may hate it. I don't know. I honestly can't say. Like if you're like, if you're one of those metalheads that wants to keep it metal, then this is going to really, really tick you off. Um, and we don't care. <laughs> um. And uh, then after that, I've got a couple different collaborations, people I'm talking to. Um, we've got we've got some, you know, the new merch. I mentioned the tea. Uh, we've got some MZNZ Fallen 8 shot glasses that are coming out to coincide with the BL's bourbon release. Um, we may even do liquor bottles at some point. I'm not sure. Talking to somebody about that. Um, I am very, very, very early in the process of talking to me and somebody very close to me about possibly starting a record label um, that would at first house my projects and then possibly expand to others and, and be the real deal. Like a real, not just like a vanity thing, but like an actual functioning business um, really early about that. So I don't even know if I should have said that much, but, <laughs> but that's something I'm looking at doing. That's something I'm looking at doing, especially as I get more and more inspired by what, you know, like brutal business and labels like that are doing. Um, I have a, uh, there's a, there is a film script I'm writing. I haven't dabbled in film in a really long time, but I'm writing a script and, and really looking at getting it made. And I also want to produce a soundtrack record to coincide with it. And, um, which will feature music from me. And, uh, I'm hoping some friends as well. I'm like some other collaborators. I kind of want to make like, uh, my version of the lost highway soundtrack. It's like one of my favorite film soundtracks of all time. I love the, the, a variety of it and how it flows almost like it's like a little audio movie and it has different artists on it. And I've always, I saw, I kind of want to make something like that to coincide with the movie. Um, 
and uh, starting to gear up for a covers album as well as Caleb Strauss. So that's my next solo project is going to be a covers album. And then just continuing to drip release the two MZ records and, and the scale little shroud EP. I mentioned that actually at the beginning too. I mean, we're, we're working slow on that because I think we're still kind of choosing what songs are going to be on it, but um, we'll, we'll pop out with more information on scale little shroud soon. That's, that's going to be a cool project. So there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. And then whatever writing comes your way for first angel as well. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm actually on a, I'm on a review right now. I'm hopefully I'm, I'm hoping to hear back from the dude today. I'm covering a band. I'm covering a um, really, really heavy metal band out of Pittsburgh. I forget their name, but yeah, no, it's, it's going to be cool. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to delve into that. I've been wanting to hear something like really brutal. And Joe told me it was really brutal. So I said, yeah, I got it. Give it to me. Oh, so, I remember seeing that conversation. I can't yeah, remember who remember, it was yeah, either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's the names escaping me because I'm like on like, you know, five different things right now. But I, I remember being really excited. Casket maker. That's, that's what they're called. Yeah. Casket maker. Yeah. So, yeah, I got a casket maker review. Um, and uh, we're also about to launch the uh, first angel media Spotify playlist as well. So which casket maker will probably wind up on as long as they say that's OK. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll be I'm trying to update that every week, you know. So. So, yeah, lots of going on all lots of exciting stuff. Okay, Caleb, I want to thank you for hanging out with me for a little bit. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. And uh, this has been episode number 63 of Three Questions and a Song. Um, our sister, sister, I don't know if I like the word sister. Our other podcast, Pennsylvania Rock Show, airs on ev- each and every Friday on multiple streaming stations, but you can find it on buildthescene.com. Um, you can find all of the interview sessions just like this one on first angel media as well. Um, so if you like, like the videos, you can go back and watch the videos there. If you want to listen to the final polished version, then you want to go to build for that. Um, the other thing that I have going on with Jonna and uh, first angel media, well, many things, but um, friendly fire, which is a live show that Jonna and I do on XRP radio, where we join Tiz and cat um, and uh, we take uh, seven or eight songs from our scene and uh, air them on XRP radio, which is in the United Kingdom. And they try and match it up with a similar genre or themed song. And then the chat box goes crazy discussing the songs. It's, a, it's actually really fun. That sounds like a ball. I'm going to have to tune into one of those. That sounds and, really fun. And and you also can watch behind the scenes while the music is playing because we do it just like this. We broadcast the video live and you can hear us talking in between songs. Cool. And, um, it gets kind of wild during that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will definitely have to check those out. That sounds like a lot of fun. And, uh, fun to- that that one is the second Saturday of each month. So cool. that'll, that'll be the 14th of August. Okay, cool. So. Awesome. Sounds fun. Right. So once again, make sure you check out um, MZNZ. I'm going to go ahead and throw that website address up again. At yeah, the thanks for showing those visuals. I appreciate that. That's the first time I've used a screen share. Really? So, That's cool. Yeah. yeah, it worked beautifully. I was like, oh, hey, there it is. There it is. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, appreciate that. MZNZ.com. Hit us up. We would love to hear from you. Shoot us a message, too. Sign up for our uh, our newsletter. You know, We'll write you. We'll say hi. We would love to hear from you. All right. So with that said, this has been episode 63. Make sure you check us out on the 1st and 15th of each month 
My name is Bill, and I will catch you next time. This episode of Three Questions of a Song has ended, but be sure to subscribe to be introduced to more on-site music from around the globe. Don't forget to rate and review the show, and we'll see you on the next episode.